0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Escape from Society podcast. Happy 2013. I hope you had a nice new year. And since it is winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, it's time to discuss the song The Winter Storm, which is one of the songs that was um, trickiest to assemble on the record and was um i don't know maybe this will provide sort of a case study in things that you expect are going to turn out one way and by the time you finish them they've become something else i'll first discuss the the lyrics to this song which were received via craigslist from angelica castaneda and these are the lyrics on the record that i Took the most liberty with because I didn't use all of them and I changed the order around. Uh, I was very attracted to the line, If this is the end, may I have one last dance? I thought that would be a great way to begin the record. Uh, so, this is when I hadn't written the full collection of songs yet, I had only maybe written a few of them and I thought "Ah, I've got this line here this is the perfect line to begin a record with Um, and if I'm gonna begin the record uh, how do I want it to start and so I wanted it to start sort of mysteriously uh, with maybe a confusing rhythm and a confusing melody. So what I wrote here is this syncopated rhythm that loops around in it's um, in a 6-4 meter and a melody that's in a Phrygian mode and is a little bit difficult to keep track of if you hear it without any melodic background. So at the beginning of the song you get a syncopated rhythm where you might not be able to find the downbeat and you get a strange melody that you might not be able to find the root of. And uh, I thought, yes, this is exactly how I want to uh, start people on the journey of this record. I want to give them a paradoxical lyric about this being the end when it's in fact the beginning, uh, which is what Todd Rundgren does on A Wizard, A True Star, which is a record that I really love. He does that exact device. Um, And then, yeah, make it sort of mixed up to open the listener's mind uh, to the journey we'll be taking through the record. Well, as you know, the song Thank You, which I've already discussed, wound up in the first spot on the record. So, that all just did not come out the way I wanted it to. Uh, But the line in the poem, if this is the end, may I have one last dance, that is not at the beginning or the end of this uh, poem. It's somewhere in the middle. And um, the poem actually starts with the line the winter storm underneath a whistling tree, The gentle breeze filling our needs, I caught a glance of you then. Which you're not going to hear until the end of the song. Uh, it was it was fun chopping up this poem. The poem maybe makes a little more sense the way it was originally written, uh, the way it goes down the page. But like I said, I was a little bit in the mood to throw the listener off uh, or create some sort of moody uh delirious atmosphere for this song, which I shall now play for you before I babble on too long. Uh, so you'll hear Angelica Castaneda's words and me singing. This one was a hard one to sing. Uh, so in the end, it's not one of my favorite songs to listen to because I remember, uh, how difficult it was to sing and how uh, stressed out I got about trying to perform it but that's uh, that's my own personal thing that shouldn't affect you at all here's the tune
1: if this is the end may I have one last dance? run and let's pretend to be like children innocent you love me enough but I don't trust me you love me enough you're all that's good in me Yeah. like children Your touch and the brokenness of your eyes Drifting inside me I knew I lost you this time
0: Okay, so what I want to talk about in addition to how uh, challenging I found that song to sing, it was also the only song that we set up on this record with any kind of looping material, in this case a, a percussive loop. And that's not a technology that I or Gary, our engineer, really has any mastery over. So we set up the loop First and then recorded along with it, and it didn't. It didn't seem to always totally align. That was also kind of challenging, and uh, there are a few moments where, to my ear, you can hear the rhythm section sort of losing the funk a little bit because of the way that the uh, the loop, the rhythm loop that we were playing along with, was k- sort of moving around a little bit. It didn't loop perfectly and I'll I'll, uh, never know why I guess but anyways I love the loop in and of itself and it's created by the tuba now you've already met my tuba on such illustrious tracks as thank you and what was going on here is uh, at home making demos of these songs I don't have any sort of drum machine, I don't really have any drums either, and I'm left with the tools that I do have to try and create little percussion tracks so I can imagine what the tune is going to sound like um, when it is played by an actual band. So sometimes I do that by uh, using a pillow for a bass drum or a um, piece of paper that I hit with a stick for a snare drum or the uh, body of the acoustic guitar. Uh, makes a good tone as a, as a drum substitute. So I have these things available, but I also have my brass instruments. And you can make all manner of interesting noises on a brass instrument, uh, which you probably know by now. You don't have to just make uh, your nice notes and things. You can make all sorts of little squeals and farts and, um, and pops of different kinds. So the, uh, the old technique, which they would tell you not to do in middle school band, because if you hit your mouthpiece too hard, it would get stuck in the instrument. And then the band teacher would have to use this little device called a bobcat to pull the uh, mouthpiece out of the instrument. Which is like sort of a reverse vice, Uh, that simply when you um, cup your hand and knock it down against the mouthpiece of a brass instrument, that creates a sort of thudding sound that resonates more or less at the pitch of the instrument. in whatever, whatever state you have it in. So if you have your trombone slide all the way in and you make that thud, uh, it gives you a little B flat. And if you move the slide out and you keep thudding, you get to your A and your A flat and your G. And so if there's not a lot else going on, you can sort of focus in on that sound and get this cool uh, thudding glissando kind of thing. Uh, So that's what I use for the bass drum sound. Uh, It starts out as just a thud on the tuba, and the uh, snare drum sound is simulated by just sort of what a beatboxer would do for a snare drum, going, you know, but doing that into the mouthpiece of the tuba. So they were recorded separately because it would be impossible to uh... go back and forth very quickly between making those two sounds uh... they were pieced together looped together and then uh... we had a lot of fun a few days later at uh... troutman hall where we recorded the vibraphone and a few other things a few other percussion parts uh... this is where ian's group yarn wire rehearses and they had a very big bass drum there you know, probably a 40-inch bass drum or something. So we recorded that to get that sound mixed in with the tuba. And you can probably hear um, towards the beginning of the song, around the time that the bass comes in, the bass drum also comes in. And suddenly you get an even deeper, more resonant bass sound that's like an orchestral bass drum. And then uh, we had a... Piece of styrofoam there uh that we well either there were two pieces of styrofoam or there was one that we broke in half but then we whacked the styrofoam together which made a tremendous sound uh in fact i can play that for you here's here's what it sounded like and the the reverb on that is just the natural reverb in that room. It sounded so good. So that gets mixed in with the uh, ksh sound of the tuba. And then some hand claps get mixed in and some other percussive things that I recorded at home, like uh, the pot lid from uh, some of my uh, pots that, you know, cooking pots off the stove, which. I make a great bell tone, and this um, this <laughs> this little candle. My computer sits on a desk that is in our sort of second bedroom, which so now it's kind of an office. But uh, we used to have a roommate back here, uh, who at one time was um having a lot of sex with people, uh, who he was meeting online and uh since this was going on sort of a lot of the time he would often he would keep this scented candle kind of lit perpetually and uh so my girlfriend emily associates that with our old roommate uh sort of getting nasty in the back room and that candle was left behind when he moved out and it's, it's, you know, it's one of those little candles that comes in a glass case. So Emily can't stand the smell. So, because of her association with it, so we've never burned it up. Uh, it's just been sitting on the desk and, uh, hitting it with a drumstick is one of the little clinky sounds that comes in and out at different points of the song. Uh, what else is in these drum loops? Um, maybe that's about all that's interesting about the drum loops. Uh, Kyle's playing guitar on this one. He said something interesting, uh, when we were rehearsing it, when we were learning it, he turned to Matt who plays in tune yards and was like,
1: Matt, is
0: this what a tune yard song sounds like? Uh, And the answer being, on paper, yes, this is pretty much what a Tune song sounds like. There's a loop, there's vocal parts, there's a horn solo, there's a funky bass line. Uh, And Kyle, not being familiar with Tune Yards music, uh, was just sort of making an incisive observation about uh, the construction of this song. And yeah, he was pretty right. We had a laugh about that. I actually think of this less as a Tune Yards kind of tune, but there are some specific things about it that I relate to Dirty Projectors. Uh, in the months before writing this record, I had been listening a lot to the Dirty Projectors album, of Orca, and I think very specifically the um, section of the song where I'm talking instead of singing uh, is reminiscent of of something that they do in one of the songs on that record. And as for using interesting sounds uh, in the record, I will play another song here, and I'll play you a, a skeleton song, which is a, Skeletons is a band that I've worked with uh, a few times over the years. They're friends of mine from college, and I admire their record-making process because they can take pop structures and and put in a lot of sort of kitchen sink elements to the recording, odd sounds that you wouldn't really be able to identify that become part of the rhythmic fabric or, or what have you. And that's one of the coolest things about them and their records. Their new record is not actually made in that way, but since it is the new thing, and Matt and I both, play on it. I'll include a track from the new Skeletons Big Band record here. This is a song called Pencil Neck. There are many musicians playing on it, so uh, maybe in, in the place of a bunch of weird tiny sounds making up the fabric of the uh, orchestration, we have lots of big, mostly acoustic horn sounds, and then uh, guitars and percussion and stuff. So this song is called pencil neck and uh it'll close this episode of the podcast i hope you enjoyed this um like i said this song is on the skeletons big band record that was released this year on shinkoyo so if you want to check that out please go check it out talk to you next time